Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali and I, are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Hello, everyone. We're back in Matthew chapter 22. Jesus has been mixing it up with the Sadducees and the in the Pharisees and the scribes, and uh, he's been showing them their hypocrisy in parables. Yesterday, we saw like three major parables uh, against them. The um, parable of the two sons, the parable of the tenants, the parable of the wedding feast, trying to tell them what heaven was like, but showing these chief priests and Pharisees in parables how bad their behavior was and then asking them um, what they thought of the parables and then when they would say, you know, who's who's done the will of the Father, they would always pick the the the, the behavior that they weren't doing. So they were like condemning themselves in the parables. So now we're seeing people trying to then you know, outwit Jesus. And this is one of these areas of the Bible where you you get to see how fast a thinker Jesus was and how wise he was, how quick he was, and how good he was to put um, the teaching into ways that people could relate and how he dealt with people trying to trap him. There is not one person who could trap him. And uh, this, uh, McGee points out that this is another uh, sign of his own deity that um, there's no wisdom of man that could could outthink him. Uh, I think this is marvelous section uh, in Matthew. So we're going to jump right in, chapter 22, verse 15. Then the Pharisees went and plotted how to entangle him in his words. Okay, so they had to, like, plot together, you know, uh, group think. How are we going to outthink him? Not one person could outthink him. Let's try to outthink him as a group. Verse 16, and they sent their disciples to him along with the Herodians. These are sort of um, representatives of Herod, saying, teacher, we know that you are true and teach the way of God truthfully. Of course, they're not telling the truth. And you do not care about anyone's opinion, for you are not swayed by appearances. Okay, they're kind of buttering him up. They probably talked about how to do that. 
Now here comes the fix. Tell us what you tell us then what you think. Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Okay? So it so it's a trap, right? Because if you say it's lawful to pay taxes to Caesar, then they're going to say, oh, okay, you're not the Messiah because the Messiah is supposed to be here to, you know, deliver us from Caesar. So you're going to look like a traitor to the nation Israel. But if you say it's not lawful to pay taxes to Caesar, you're going to look like a traitor because we're supposed to pay taxes. So they're trying to trap him in a no-win scenario. Verse 18, but Jesus aware of their malice. In other words, Jesus is aware that this is them trying to trick him. Said, why put me to the test, you hypocrites? I mean, Jesus calls them right out. Verse 19, show me the coin for the tax. And they brought him a denarius. They, in other words, they brought him a penny. And Jesus said to them, whose likeness and inscription is this? They said, Caesar's. Okay, because that was the impression on the coin. Then he said to them, Therefore, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. In other words, if Caesar's face is on this, give that to Caesar. But you've got to give to God what is God's, which is what you're not doing. Then they heard it, and they, they marveled, and they left him and went away. Couldn't. They couldn't out thank him. They, they had nothing on him. Verse 23, the same day, the Sadducees came to him. Now, these are sort of like um, the liberal politicians today. They're sort of like the senators. And uh, they didn't, they only believed certain portions of the scripture, probably because they only, it was convenient. They didn't believe in a resurrection. They thought that was you know, way out there. So, you know, here we go. They're politicians. You know, their opinions kind of are swayed by making themselves popular. The same day Sadducees came to him, who say that there is no resurrection? And they ask him a question. Verse 24, saying, Teacher, Moses said, if a man dies having no children, his brother must marry the widow and raise up offspring for his brother. Now there were seven brothers among us. The first married and died, and having no offspring, he left his wife to his brother. So too the second and the third down to the seventh. After them all, the woman died. In the resurrection, therefore, of the seven. Whose wife will she be? For they all had her. In other words, they were all married to her. But Jesus answered them. Obviously, he knows they're trying to trap him again. You are wrong because you know neither the Scriptures nor the power of God. Okay? So Jesus is blowing this teaching away too. For in the resurrection, they neither marry nor are given in marriage but are like angels in heaven. Verse 31. And as for the resurrection of the dead, have you not read what was said to you by God? I am the God of Abraham, and the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He is not 
God of the dead, but of the living. And when the crowd heard it, they were astonished at his teaching. So Jesus just completely blows all this away. And I think for me, this this uh, verse, he's not a God of the dead, but the God of the living. I have lived by that for so many years. And I have to admit, I didn't know exactly where it was in Scripture. I mean, I had written it down many times. But here it is right here, this powerful Scripture. I think this gives me so much peace, especially when someone close to you passes away. And you have to hold on to that our God is a God of the living. He's not a God of the dead. Hold on to that. It's just as astonishing today as it must have been when they first heard it. Verse 34, But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. Okay, So the Pharisees are sort of like um, experts in the law itself. And so they gathered together. Um, So, these guys um, were probably a little bit more conservative group because they were uh, in the, um, they were more experts on the the word of the law. And uh, so, they gather, uh, uh, they bring a lawyer in there, verse 35, and one of them, a lawyer, asks him a question to test him. So, in other words, they get a lawyer, they say, look, he silenced us. He silenced the Sadducees. So they're getting a lawyer, and then they figured, okay, let's figure out, um, let's ask him a question on the law and see if we can trap him in the law. Verse 36, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Verse 37, and he said to him, this is Jesus replying, very directly, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all of the law and the prophets. I mean, we see this in First John. We see this brought out. So, um... Jesus gets a question, and he answers a straight answer. Doesn't hold anything back. Verse 41. Now, while the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them a question. Okay? So, he doesn't give them a minute to breathe. Now, he throws it right back to them. You know, they've been trying to trap him all this time. Now, he's going to expose them. Verse 42, saying, What do you think about the Christ? Whose son is he? They said to him, the son of David. He said to them, How is it then that David, in the Spirit, calls him Lord, saying, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. So again, we've got this um, quote from Psalm 110. Verse 1, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. So the Lord is talking about God saying to my Lord, 
that would be the Messiah. Now, the Messiah is supposed to be the son of David. So Jesus is sort of saying, how come David is calling his son, the son of David, the Messiah, how come he's calling him Lord if he's supposed to be his son? So it's sort of implying that um, that the Christ is acknowledged to be the son of David. How come David is calling the Christ Lord? So, um, verse 45, If then David calls him Lord, how is he his son? Okay, so they didn't understand that the Christ would be Son of Man and Son of God. So Jesus is, is, is really asking them if they were understanding who the Christ was going to be. He's not just from a human lineage. He comes from God, too. Okay, so they didn't have, they couldn't answer him. And no one was able to answer him a word, nor from that day did anyone dare to ask him any more questions. That's verse 46. Now we come to chapter 23. So now Jesus is going to lay it on them. Seven woes to the scribes and the Pharisees here. So verse 1, Then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, The scribes and the Pharisees, Sit on Moses' seat, so do, and observe whatever they tell you, but not the works they do. Okay? So, in other words, they're sitting on the seat so you can observe what they tell you, but when you observe what how they act, it's not on how they speak. Now, whether Moses' seat was a literal seat or they're sitting in Moses' seat in terms of leadership, that's still debatable. They, they, archaeologists have found seats that might be Moses' like a judgment seat. But in any event, Jesus says, for they preach but do not practice. Okay? And we have a common phrase today, you got to practice what you preach. That's where that famous quote comes from. Jesus is calling them out in their hypocrisy because they don't put into practice what they preach. And we have to think about that today. If we call ourselves Christians, do we really act like it? If we call ourselves Christians, are we really humble like Christ? Or do we like to go to church and make ourselves feel good, and then we can do whatever we want to? We can still have broken homes. We can still be hypocritical in the way we live. For they tie up heavy burdens, hard to bear, and lay them on people's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to move them with their finger. In other words, so much tradition, human tradition, has been built into their religion now, built around glorifying these preachers and just heavy burdens on the people. And... uh that's not what God was wanting. They've just completely corrupted the religion. They've completely corrupted worship to God and created it 
as more of a bureaucracy. Verse 5, they do all their deeds to be seen by others, for they make their felicitaries broad. I think that's something that carries scrolls in, or the law of the scrolls. They make it broad like they're really um, knowledgeable because they're carrying all these scrolls around with them. And their fringe is long. I think their fringes are supposed to remind them their tassels with a blue cord. And they are reminding people to obey God's commandments and be holy. So they, they make these felicitaries broad. In other words, they're little satchels of scrolls. And their fringes long to appear quite knowledgeable and quite holy. And they love the place of honor at feasts. And the best seats in the synagogues. And greetings in the marketplaces and being called rabbi by others rabbi i think means teacher they love all this honor and glory right verse 8 but you are not to be called rabbi for you have one teacher and you are all brothers in other words there's only one teacher and that's the christ is your teacher you've got to understand that you don't you've made yourself too important Verse 9, And call no man your father on earth, for you have one father who's in heaven. So, you know, he's not like saying you can't be called a teacher or a doctor or a father or these human titles. But what he, as my study Bible points out, it's the way that they were using these titles. And the way they were using these titles, it was full of human pride. And so, he's saying, you've got to take pride out of your relationships. Neither be called instructors, for you have one instructor, the Christ. The, you know, so again, you're, you're trying to self-inflate yourself with pride. And then Jesus says, The greatest among you shall be your servant. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. You want to take the low position. Be low. Verse 13, But woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you shut the kingdom of heaven in people's faces. For you neither enter yourselves nor allow those who would enter to go in. In other words, you're not only a hypocrite, but you're not teaching people the way to God. And you're shutting the door in people's faces just like you shut it in your own. Because you're putting all people's faith in you, in your traditions, in bolstering them up, yourself up. Verse 15, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you travel across sea and land to make a single proselyte. And when he becomes a proselyte, you make him twice as much a child of hell as yourselves. In other words, you love to go around and give people rules and regulations to sort of make them a better person. But you haven't changed their hearts. You haven't had them repent. And now you're just forcing them to place their faith on man-made wisdom. How terrible a thing is that? Verse 16, Woe to you, blind guides, who say, If anyone swears by the temple, 
It is nothing. But if he swears by the gold of them, of the temple, he's bound by his oath. Okay, they're only they're only having people swear by the money. Verse seventeen: You blind fools! For which is greater, the gold or the temple that is made the gold sacred? In other words, Jesus is saying it's the temple, what the temple represents that is holy, not the money. Verse 18, And you say, if anyone swears by the altar, it is nothing. But if anyone swears by the gift that is on the altar, he's bound by his oath. In other words, you bring a big gift, that's going to carry no more weight. And Jesus is saying, no, it's the altar that makes things holy, that makes the gift holy. Verse 19, You blind men, for which is greater, the gift or the altar that makes the gift sacred? Verse 20, So whoever swears by the altar swears by it, and everything on it. And whoever swears by the temple swears by it. And him who dwells in it. It's the altar and the temple, not the money. Verse 22. And whoever swears by heaven swears by the throne of God and by him who sits upon it. The temple and the altar are God's. So you're swearing by what is belonging to God, not what is belonging to man. Wow. What amazing teaching here. What amazing teaching. Who can, who can say anything against this wisdom? And we need to hold on to this wisdom today because we have just as many politicians and preachers, politicians and preachers, just like Sadducees and Pharisees, taking God's wisdom and turning it around and, and having people depend on philosophy and politics and wisdom coming out of colleges rather than God's wisdom. Same thing's happening today. We're going to stop here, and then we're going to turn the rest of this podcast over to Matali, my co-host in Zambia. And for me to all of you, God bless you. And as always, keep your heart centered on Christ. And now, since it's Friday, we're going to take a break, as we always do over the weekend. And we'll be right back here Monday to continue our study through this great, great book of Matthew. We'll see you next time. <laughs>